Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Everybody, welcome in. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Podcast edition over here. want to welcome in Jared Smith. We'll be talking college football with him. He's our lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. Also, we will have Bill Krakenberger, who is our NFL guy. And Bill, he is a sports handicapper from CrackWins.com. Uh, we want to... In- remind you that new users download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That is code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, so first off, college football, Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. want to welcome him in here. Jared, everything good, man? Did you make a fortune last week in college football betting-wise? Oh, man. You know, I'll be honest. The college football game, it hasn't been great this year. I've kind of been hovering around the 500 mark. It's been some bad beats, some good beats, some volatile results. I'm, I never get too concerned with my win-loss record until about midseason. At this point, we're still kind of figuring out what these teams are. We're trying to make good bets every week. We're trying to have fun, too, obviously. Um, but nothing to write home about with the results. But listen, you're only as good as the last bet you make, so we move forward. We absolutely move forward, and what a slate we have here, man. We've got five ranked versus ranked matchups this weekend in college football. That's huge, and there there's some really good matchups where there's just one team that's ranked against an unranked opponent, but we'll start with the, how do you say it, creme de la creme? Is that right? I think it's the first <laughs> creme brulee. That. That's what I'm having for dinner yeah. later tonight. <laughs> I, I normally go like uh, apple cinnamon Nutri-Grain bars, so I don't oh, know the fancy Brian, terminology. Yeah, on. that's how I get down You're here. You're classier than that. How about this? Number 10 NC State against number 5 Clemson. This blows my mind, Jared. This is the first time that NC State, who is in the top 10, will face another AP top 10 team. It's the first time ever they've done that. Like, they've had Philip Rivers there. This is the first time ever they've done that. But this is a new ground being broken by the Wolfpack over here. And DJ Uwe Ungalale, what a performance last week against Wake. We've got the line at 6.5 right now at BetMGM. Clemson is favored. What are your first thoughts on this matchup, Jared? Yeah, Clemson's favored as they expect to be. Um, looks like the line, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a ton of movement off of the key number of seven much this week. It's kind of been hovering in that range. You could still get Clemson laying six and a half if you'd like. I see a couple of shops with seven. So it, it, not a ton of movement in this game to speak of. And I'll be honest, I think that's because of what's looming up and down the eastern seaboard this week. And it's kind of ironic. There are a ton of high-profile games that are right in the path of Hurricane Ian this week. Very difficult to handicap what the conditions are going to be like. If it's just rain, not as impactful. If it's rain plus wind, good luck throwing the football. Now, if you recall, these two teams were very highly ranked, not top 10, but highly ranked back in 2016. They also played in a hurricane. 
it was a 10-3 win for NC State. So it's kind of funny how things come full circle here. You're right. DJ, you played great against Wake. The Clemson defense did not. That's the part of this handicap that I'm very fascinated with. Clemson, very good against the run. Hasn't been so great against the pass. They were a little banged up in the secondary in that game against Wake. I'm hearing positive things for those players this week. But as you know, injuries in the college football world, also very difficult to handicap because we don't get a ton of information. If those key secondary pieces come back for Clemson, obviously that's a positive for them. That might push this line to seven. But when you look at Devin Leary, hasn't been that impressive so far. 5.3 yards per attempt against Texas Tech, just 7.3 against UConn. The one thing I will say for Devin Leary, 18th out of 141 graded quarterbacks on play action. If you're Dave Doran, who is a defensive-minded conservative head coach, and you're looking at a really good quarterback in play action, not so great straight-up passing, and you've got a defense in Clemson that might be a little vulnerable in the back, I'm going to want to take advantage of that. Play action, early downs, push the ball down the field, see if we can't take a lead and make DJU match you. Um, but to me, that's the, that's the edge in this game. If Dave Doran and, and NC State's offense break tendencies – and they go play action on early downs, they might have an edge here. But I'll be honest, I'd be surprised if Clemson didn't win this game. Yeah, I keep looking at the total here, Jared, where it's 42.5 at BetMGM. So if you're thinking about the over, I think you would consider last week where you mentioned Clemson's corners against Wake were freaking brutal, just decrepitly awful. But And then you also had DJU play great, five touchdown passes. He was unbelievable. So you might start thinking, hey, over 42.5, that's not that high of a total. But I love how NC State's defense is played. And then you consider the weather factor. It gets a little tricky when you consider all sides. Mm. Yeah, the weather. And I'll be honest, if let's say that – so this is – it's a really – I don't envy um, bookmakers this week, even though they're the ones that are holding the cards most weeks. This is a tough week for them because – they could be very wrong about a lot of these totals if the weather isn't as bad as people are predicting. And the only people wrong more than handicappers on a weekly basis are meteorologists. There is a very good chance that the weather isn't as bad as we're hearing and things clear up, the hurricane goes another direction, whatever. There's still mm -hmm. several days until Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if the weather isn't as bad as people think. And if that's the case, well, then, yeah, this total is way too low at 42. What do we do? Yeah. Okay, let's shift to another one. It's a great SEC matchup. Number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, seven-point favorites. Total, if you want to peek at that, 53-and-a-half. We're talking noon Eastern. Let's get after it right away. What do you see in this one, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, first time both teams ranked in this matchup since 1958. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you want right. to talk about history. Um Kentucky is looking for back-to-back 5-0 starts for the first time in over 70 years. And again, this, they were a good team last year, and they're you know undefeated so far this year. Ole Miss won 12 straight in Oxford. So there's some conflicting trends here to go at. Chris Rodriguez will return for Kentucky. That's huge. Four-game suspension. He's back. Much-needed boost to the running game. And I think another thing he is good at that people don't always talk about with running backs is the pass blocking that running backs can provide sometimes. Will Levis needs it because he's kind of been eh this season. And the Kentucky offensive line has been even worse. No surprise, their offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, got hired by Alabama in the offseason, and they lost four starters on the O-line. So I'm not surprised that Kentucky has struggled to run it, and they've struggled to block. 54 of their 119 run plays so far this year have been stuffed. And that's against Miami of Ohio, Florida, okay, NIU, and Youngstown State. That needs to be better. 
The SEC defenses they're about to face, much stronger than that. I think the Rebels' offense will have some opportunities in this game. Jackson Dart's grading out a little better than expected, and I don't trust this Kentucky defense considering the strength of schedule I just gave you with those offenses. My guess is there's more points here than we probably think. I think it's a great SEC matchup, too. Number two, Alabama at number 20, Arkansas. So Arkansas is a 17-point home dog. Total 60-and-a-half. But you think back to last week, Jared, Arkansas loses a heartbreaker. I've, I've never seen a field goal kick hit the top of the uprights and then bounce out. But that's what happened to the Razorbacks. And now they plummet from number 10 down to number 20. But 17-point home dogs. Is that too many points in your estimation? Could be. Bama's won 15 straight here. Only four of them, not overall, but against Arkansas, only four of those 15 were decided by less than two touchdowns. Last year was one of the four, though. 42-35, Bama won. It was the most points allowed since 2007 for Alabama um, in, in, in this series. And again, despite winning by seven last year, Bama outgained by a significant margin, 671 to 468. That was the most yards gained against a ranked opponent in the entire Nick Saban era. So Bama's offense hasn't looked great so far, but maybe this Arkansas defense is the elixir because you know Nick Saban's had a ton of success, at least last year especially. Now, this is a very different Bama offense this year, so maybe not quite the same results. But they're still number one in yards per play margin. They're still number one in point margin. They're still a really good team. I just don't think they have the flashy weapons that we have seen in years past. Now, the one thing to keep in mind here, Bama's struggled on the road a little bit lately. One and four against the number in their last five road games. Texas, Auburn, Mississippi State, and A&M, the four ATS losses there. Arkansas is calling for a big code red, and you know we'll see what the crowd's like. Well, we saw Alabama struggle against Texas with penalties, with turnovers. That could be a factor in this game, but I'll be honest. Alabama should win. They should win handily. Very tough game to handicap from a point spread perspective. Yeah, uh, let's move over. I think this is the quietest top 10 team in the country by far number nine Oklahoma State what do you hear what do you hear being said about Oklahoma State nationally nothing they're number nine in the country but they're at number 16 Baylor and Baylor is a two and a half point favorite here what do you think about this one yeah and you're right because when I was looking back at my numbers for Oklahoma State they're 17 and two in their last 19 games I mean how many other teams in the country could say that you know, that's two full seasons worth of data, basically. Um, but this year, their, their strength of schedule is 129. They haven't mm. played anybody. And they haven't played a road game yet either. Or they haven't played anybody that's ranked inside the top 75. So Baylor can say that. Now, I know this game's in, in Stillwater. But Baylor can say that they've played some tough games. Really tough games. Sure. They went to BYU. Iowa State. They have played some very, very difficult opponents. So I think Baylor actually is tested. I'm sorry, this game's in Waco, not, not, not Stillwater. So the fact that the road matchup, we haven't seen Oklahoma State play a road game yet this year. They will play one this week in a tough environment. Now, the one thing I will say about Oklahoma State, they've had an extra week to prepare. And this was a revenge spot. Remember, Baylor beat them in the Big 12 title game last year, and it was a painful loss by like a yard and a half. Oklahoma State fell short in that game. We've seen the total get steamed up here. And that kind of indicates to me that the better offense is the right side. 
And if you were going to ask me which team has the better offense between these two, I might lean Baylor because Oklahoma State's kind of known for their defense right now. Baylor's offense has been, again, tested against some really tough defenses, BYU and Iowa State being the biggies. And I don't think this Cowboys defense is as good as people think. I think Baylor's offense is going to break some tendencies here. I think Blake Shapin will be unleashed. I think Baylor's the right side, and I think the over is really a decent spot. I'll tell you two things real fast. First off, the Big 12 championship game. I can't remember if I had the in-game under oh, man. or the in-game under Oklahoma State team point total, but them not scoring at the end was awesome. I won with whatever bet I had. <laughs> so I was a big fan of them not scoring. The other thing is, it does make me think a little bit with what you're explaining with Oklahoma State not playing anybody. Makes me think back to last week a bit with Michigan because Michigan hadn't played anybody in their first three games and they did not have an easy time against Maryland no. last week. Strength of schedule matters, Brian. And it, it's hard to gauge strength of schedule because it's very apples to apples or apple, excuse me, apples to oranges. Whereas the apples to apples comparison are when teams have direct you know, teams that have kind of, you know, overlapped. But that doesn't happen a lot in the non-conference. So it's really hard when we get to conference play to grade the strength of schedules. But this one's pretty obvious to me. Baylor has tested themselves out of the conference. Oklahoma State didn't. I would give the edge to Baylor there. Okay, we go to the last ranked versus ranked. We've got five of them again. Five ranked versus ranked. Number 22, Wake Forest against number 23, Florida State. Florida State, a seven-point favorite in this one. I'll tell you this, just on a personal level, watching Wake Forest and the slow mesh, if you're betting on the other team, makes you want to rip your hair out. <laughs> and it's effective. I give them credit. If you block it up front, it is really effective. Uh, but they didn't have enough. Got it to overtime. Didn't quite get over the hump against Clemson. What do you think about this next week where you have an emotional game that you lose, and now you're on the road again against a Florida State team that finds itself ranked. Yeah, this one opened below the key number of seven for Florida State being the favorite, and now it's pushed through. I saw some sevens, and now it's kind of you're seeing a little bit of sharp buyback on Wake. The hurricane's going to be a factor here, period, end of story. Like, What's the weather going to be like in Tallahassee on Saturday? Is the remnants of Hurricane Ian going to be you know, in the vicinity? What is the field conditions going to be? Like, There's, again, like the, like the Clemson game, like some of those other games that are played in North Carolina and South Carolina this week, Like the weather is going to be a factor. So before we even approach the guts of the game, the meat and potatoes of the handicap, what's the weather going to be like? I would say good conditions favor Wake more because they're a little more gimmicky with their offense. Bad conditions, I think, favor Florida State, which I think if you're Florida State, you want this game to be played in a phone booth because their defense has shown some cracks this year. Offensively, Florida State looks fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. They have talent all over the field. The offensive line is playing better. Jordan Travis is grading out like a top-tier quarterback. They're top 20 in most major offensive categories. Mike Norvell's impact on this offense has absolutely been felt. And they are, especially against the Wake defense, you saw what Clemson did to them. And I would put Norvell and you know Florida State's offense ahead of where Clemson's offense is. That scares me if you're betting on Wake in this game. Now, on the other side, this is going to be the toughest test, conditions permitting, for the Florida State defense this year who have faced Duquesne, FCS team, LSU in their first game with a new regime, Louisville, who's tough to, to prepare for, but listen, Florida State was tested in that game, and Boston College, who is not great offensively. So Wake is such a different animal offensively, Brian, because they just they tempo you to death. They do. Last year in this game, 
Wake ran 54 plays in the first half. And Florida State's already a little thin defensively, so are they going to be able to survive that tempo for 60 minutes? I don't know. Sam Hartman, whoo, man, oh, man. He was pressured in 50% of dropbacks against Clemson, and he had an 81% adjusted accuracy rate in that game. That is assassin-like, incredible performance by Sam Hartman last week. Can he duplicate that in what should be difficult conditions on the road against a hungry Florida State team that looks to be for real on on both ends? So while Florida State, again, you're right, they have not been tested yet, tough, tough letdown spot for Wake after just you know, battling their butts off and coming up short against Clemson. Now they have to face a really tough Florida State team on the road in what could be really tough conditions. Really, really tough to back wake in this spot. Yeah, Sam Hartman, he was unbelievable last week. Really, really good, especially under duress. It was really impressive. I will say this real fast. I have transitioned over to pronouncing it Louisville. I do it Ooh. like the locals. I know you go Louisville. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, I've no, I've got that. Local. I've got that the East Coast accent, though. You know? Yeah, yeah, I go Louisville. <laughs> you're you're a Midwest guy, Brian. That's you yeah, know, should I, be you know I'm appealing to your like, fan base. Tour de France, because that's how I or <laughs> Tour de France. You know, I don't know. I might. Oh, now you're getting classy on me. Yeah. Now, uh, last one here, real fast. Number four, Michigan, who survived last week against Maryland. Against Iowa. Iowa is a ten and a half point dog at home here. I have trusted sources, Jared, <laughs> that have indicated that you might be with the Hawkeyes oh, over here. No. Brian, we're doing it again. We're doing it again. It's happening. We're doing, yes. We're doing that thing again where we trust the team from Iowa City to not suck. Um so all right, hear me out. Th- this line was three. Over the summer. Michigan opened over the summer as a three-point favorite. What have we seen through the first few weeks? Okay, Iowa's looked bad. Mm-hmm. But over the last couple weeks, they've looked a little bit better. Michigan has looked unbelievable against three absolute cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Then last week, they faced a team with a pulse, and they struggled a little bit. And I think that's where I struggle to get to the window on Michigan laying double digits on the road. And then you start to look at some of the overarching trends. Kinnick Stadium has been a house of horrors for top five teams. Since 2006, top five teams are one and six against the spread. And they are failing to cover underneath the expectations of odds makers by over two touchdowns. 15.2 points per game. They are failing to cover the spread in those seven games. Top five teams at Kinnick Stadium. Of those seven games, Iowa has won four of them outright. They've won three of them outright as a double-digit underdog. That includes a 14-13 win over Michigan six years ago, 2016, when they were a 24-point underdog, and they won the game outright. Now, that game has nothing to do with this handicap. Now let's get into what actually matters, which is the guts of the handicap. Well, I would say the key to shutting down Michigan's offense is getting to Blake Corum and stopping the running game. Well, Iowa's defense, top 10 in EPA per play against the run this year. They've been pretty decent stopping the run. The concern for me, obviously, is Iowa's offense scoring enough points to keep up. Well, Michigan's defense was finally pushed a little bit against Maryland, and they showed some cracks on defense in the run game, which is very surprising to me. 52% success rate for Maryland's rushing plays against Michigan's defense on Saturday. Iowa offensive line has been bad, but they've been playing a little better, and I think the reason why there's a little hope here is is they've got two young running backs that have not played a lot early in the year, but 
over the last two weeks, they have played. LaShawn Williams, Caleb Johnson, they've come on really strong over the last two games. So a little youthful exuberance in the run game, maybe a little bit better offensive line play, obviously a big step up in class for Iowa's offense against the Michigan defense because they haven't played a ton of great defenses this season. But I'll be honest, Iowa State's defense was pretty good, and they didn't hold their own, but at least they competed in that game. And obviously the home crowd, too, is going to be a huge factor in this game. Can J.J. McCarthy handle that environment? He's a new starting quarterback, hasn't really been on the road yet. There's, I could see a world where Iowa hmm. wins a fluky one. Now, yeah. 10 and a half, 11, that's a lot of points, and, and that's where I think I would definitely bet here is just take the points with the Hawkeyes. Interesting stuff. Okay, we'll have even more for you. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM, so three hours leading up to kickoff. So that noon Eastern window, wherever you are in the country, we're three hours before that. So East Coast time, 9 a.m. until noon. It'll be Jared Smith, who you just heard from PicksWise.com. Myself, Brian No, and our guy, Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. Make sure you check us out. Three hours leading up to kickoff. We'll get you all set with picks and previews, baby. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive $50 in bonus cash. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I want to welcome in Bill Krakenberger. Let's talk some NFL sports handicapper from crackwins.com joining us here. I'm Brian No, alongside Crack. Gives me great pleasure to say that. Crack, how's everything going, man? I know you're getting ready for Thursday night football. Good. Yeah, I am. I am. You know, all fair, guys, we were just talking. I guess I could say. So the first week on our Sunday show, I gave out some inside information they want to call it. Come on. It's not inside information, but someone said, uh, about it's simple. The, the first week we gave out a couple of props during the show and, and based on weather, which we got them right. Second week, uh, J.K. Dobbins, running back for Baltimore, has announced that. I said Jackson over yards. This is simple, running back. This week, I said, listen, uh, the Bengals, to get the ball first, uh, I, I have I have good word that they're going to – it was for a beat reporter, I'll tell you right now. So someone on Twitter tagged me and tagged Fox and like, you know, uh, I don't know the ethics behind this stuff, but you're talking about inside. There's no inside information. Give me a break. It just all it is is reading socials and finding out stuff. And anyway, that, that's what we do here, though. We're trying to educate the, the listener, the viewer. We're trying to educate and show them things that they're not going to get on any other network. It's here on Fox Sports Radio and, and our podcast and what we do. So um, with that, I'll tell you right now, I'm betting the Bengals again tonight. I'm going right into a pick. The Bengals again to score first tonight. Uh, we're here where I'm at. It's minus 135, 140 for them to score first. Um, a tougher Miami squad is going to be here tonight, though, Brian. I understand that. Uh, everyone's talking about them being so banged up and, you know, they come back off a short week. Well, I mean, listen, uh, since he's off a short week, too, but they just went to minus three and a half, minus juice, and minus four. Uh, I think Cincinnati is definitely um, probably the public uh, side of this tonight. But don't think Miami can't surprise anyone. And if they win this game tonight, you can guarantee they're going to be the talk of the NFL. Absolutely, if that's the case, for sure. I have to tell you a brief story here, Crack, because you mentioned that last week. Bengals hosting the Jets. Bengals, based on your inside sources over there, we're going to get the ball first. (laughs) And you're like, bet them to score first. And it was our show ends right before a kickoff. And so I, I'm fumbling around. I'm trying to bet that. I couldn't figure it out in the couple of minutes I had. So I'm like, ah, screw it. I'll take the Bengals in the first quarter. Fast forward to the oh, end of the wow. first quarter. They're okay. up 7-6. to six. They are not covering the first quarter spread. 
I was at the sports bar, and I told my buddy, I was like, yeah, I'm going to lose this one. That's when Tyler Boyd had that long touchdown catch where he bounces off the safety, goes in for, I don't even know what it was, 60, 70 yards, and I won my first quarter bet there, Crack. Wow, I didn't even know that, Brian. Good. Isn't good, that wild? Good. See, there's yeah, other ways to wild. combat that. A lot of times, if you do, guys, what Brian's saying, betting the first quarter with the spread, you may want to look at a money line, too. It's so hard yeah. to win a first quarter laying points. Uh, any any quick score by the dog, you're really up against it. So I'm glad you did win it. And, and again, you, want, you may want to look at that money line. So Yeah, I definitely will What else is going time. on? It's good advice right there. Now, how about this? You are, I'm not going to call it out on an island crack, but there is some resistance, some resistance to a couple of plays that you're looking at this week. Let's look at the Sunday night game, Chiefs against Tampa. You are liking the under in this one. at Right Right now it's 45 yeah. at BetMGM. Are you still on the under when some people are saying, oh, we're, we're smelling the over here, crack? Let's see. I have a live line service. Mine says 45 and a half at MGM, but I could be wrong. There's actually 46 is out there. As we speak, a couple of casinos are actually moving. You know, I'm one that doesn't really, if, as long as I'm on something, I don't mind pe- people being against me, but I'd like to know which syndicate or which service is against me. Because um, there, there was a couple I do respect. So, uh, yeah, I, I bet the under here, and I think that there's a situation here that you'll be able to get maybe even a better line by Sunday night because it is a primetime game. And, uh, yeah, that's one that's that's against me there. I, I, I still – if I had to pick a game that I still like, that that is still uh, – even though I got a good line on this and it was the only line, it's the reason why I really couldn't uh, um, send this out to everyone because there was only one rogue 46-and-a-half out there. Now I see uh, back to 46, and this this is a, still a good number to go under, I think, uh, the, the, the Sunday night game. When I bet overs, I like to go over in the first half, something I really like to do. Uh, I, I send you guys – I'm on a text just for everyone out there listening. I'm on a text with our producer and, and, and uh, Jeff Schwartz, Brian No, and I, we, we, I try to send these guys the first things I bet uh, early Monday or even sometimes Sunday night. So uh, that is the one that I'm still recommending on the under. But the Philadelphia one so – I'm, I'm going to jump around. Or not Philadelphia. It is, I'm sorry. Cle- the, the Cleveland Browns Atlanta game. I sent you guys that over. And actually, the stronger bet for me would be over in the first half there. There's uh, 24s there. I, I think that these teams are getting out real quick this year. Uh, unlike other years, we are being not dominated, but definitely 60% of the games have been under this year. I think teams are kind of doing this little – like dink and dunk passes, no, not a lot of stuff over the top. Um, like I said, I actually talked about this earlier in the week. You don't see a lot of film clips now uh, with, with like touchdown, giant touchdowns. There really hasn't been any. Maybe Hill, there was one, but there hasn't been any long touchdowns this year that is making the highlight films on, on shows after the games are over. It's just a different year. It seems like they're kind of getting, jumping to the lead and kind of taking the foot off the pedal and therefore, you even though the first half's going over, the games aren't going over. So I kind of mm-hmm. like the first half over there in in that I like what um, you're thinking. in that that Cleveland Atlanta game. Yeah, that Browns Atlanta game because if you look at Atlanta, Mariota's played pretty well, all things considered. And I like the one-two punch in terms of what they have in terms of pass catchers with Drake London. Uh, he's been very very good. 
and of course the tight end is all world in Kyle Pitts. They've put a lot more pressure on defenses than I thought they would to start off the season. Even week one against the Saints. The Saints have a, a fantastic defense. And Atlanta put up they some points. Cordero game. Patterson was yeah, electric last week against Seattle. Yeah, no, they, they, they should have won that game. And, and I'll be the first to tell you, I, I was I was wrong about Atlanta. I, I, I said under on season wins. They have come out and, and shown uh, some people here that they, they, don't, they deserve more credit and more yeah. respect. Than they're getting just like Jacksonville this year. They, they definitely get you know more respect than uh, from me. Anyway, this yeah. particular Cleveland Atlanta game uh, early in the week, I found a rogue three. Uh, so I actually took a put a couple bucks on Atlanta plus the three points. It's down to one now. So it, it uh, the value is definitely gone. But that's how much but, faith even I even I have uh, in Atlanta this week against Cleveland. Yeah. So I think that should be a good game, high scoring game. I'm, I'm recommending the first half over in that game. Uh, there, there's, there, like I said, there's another one that I um, – overs. I'm, I'm kind of getting off full game. Even though I do bet a lot of money, I bet thousands of dollars on these overs. I, I really wait for later in the week to attack the over first half, and I put a little more strength into that uh, first half if I'm playing over in a game. Just a random question for you here, Crack, um, and we'll get back to the matchups here, but this KC-Tampa game. Where let's just say it's 46 yep. for the sake of argument, the total. And it's in Tampa right now. The contingency plan is if Hurricane Ian is a factor, they're going to move it to Minneapolis. They're going to play it where yep. the Vikings play. So let's say the, the total is 46 in Tampa. How do you feel if the total is 46 in Minneapolis, a neutral site? Where would be the play if that were the case? Yeah, and you know, you bring up a fantastic point. I knew about this weather um after I bet it, I didn't realize it was it was uh, going to affect the game or not affect the game. I'm thinking that it's probably not going to, but uh, just in case they can't get the, the, the field there Sunday night in, in the right shape and, and the weather is, is still um, torrential there, moving it, you have to check what your line maker too. You have to check the rules on the game. Like where you bet it, does the game have to take place at that particular home stadium or not. So that's another thing that we have to check with the rules. Even myself, I, I am not, I should be schooled enough, but I bet you everyone that's betting, most people don't realize the rules where the games take place. If it changes venues as your bet, vol, uh, null and void. So if it does move, move over to, uh, to you, you said, I mean, what'd you say? Minnesota, is that what you said? Yeah. If it does move, uh, that may affect the total, and I, I would I would say it's still the same two teams playing. I would still recommend the under. However, we may actually get an extra point or so, or so, because our hand when 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 we come up with a game, and me I, I say me me and my team come up with a game, we already we we put into the uh, into our equation the team being home Tampa Bay, and and we say it's going to be nice weather, especially you know Florida weather is going to be nice weather, so. I'll say the same thing about Minnesota, but you actually may get a, an, an additional point on, on, on the total there, uh, which, which uh, listen, if I can get under 47, I'll bet it again. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really – so the bottom line is doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to bet, bet that under. I like it. Okay, you've mentioned the Jags in passing here. Let's dive into their game. Jacksonville yep. at Philadelphia. Philly, one of the only two remaining undefeated teams, at least going into Thursday night. Hopefully the Dolphins remain undefeated here, Crack. I would love 4-0, but as of this mm. uh, recording here, 
the Eagles and the Dolphins are both unbeaten. How about the Eagles? Minus six and a half. They're six and a half point favorites hosting Jacksonville, who just crushed the Chargers last week with Herbert Blang. What do you think about Jacksonville and Philly this weekend? Well, first of all, Jacksonville was made to look a little bit better last week. I mean, here you have uh, 38 to 10, and their coach is still playing a, a, a banged up Herbert. You know, literally five minutes left. I mean, this is this guy's your whole franchise. And early in the year, you want to still play him when they're down by 28 points. I, I just can't take the, the coaching staff of, of going talking about the Chargers, though. And they're decimated with injuries. Slater, Bosa, Allen, I can go on and on. Um, you're talking about Jacksonville, and they're definitely uh, a better team than I thought. I recommended the under early in the season. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm definitely heading in the wrong direction there. They're playing a Philadelphia team that just may be – listen, I bet Philadelphia to win the division. But I don't think – even though it's the third game now, and every week I've said this, I think Washington made them look better. I think Minnesota, with three turnovers in the red zone, uh, Cousins, I think they made them look better the week before. I don't know if Philadelphia is a seven-point. You know, literally, it's mm-hmm. opened up seven. It's six and a half. You can still buy plus seven, minus 20. I don't know if Philadelphia deserves to be this big of a favorite, even though they are home. Toughest stadium probably to play. Toughest fans, toughest fan base to play is the Eagles for sure. And their fans are really dedicated. Don't forget, they're the ones that throw the snowballs at Santa. Very tough crowd. Um, I I, I just, I would lean Jacksonville here. I didn't bet them because I didn't get the seven. Again, looking to bet against Philadelphia and, and, and Philadelphia's probably made me look bad this year talking about them. I think this will be a, a big game for them. And I look, I look for Jacksonville to probably keep this one uh, closer. We'll see what happens. We'll see what, we're going to see what they're made of Jacksonville this week. Let's go with one more here, Crack. We've got the Chargers sure. at the Texans. As we speak, Texans five-point home dogs at BetMGM. And uh, I've got some uh, good sources over here that say you might be smelling you might be liking Lovey Smith and Company. Is that the case? Yeah, you know, I, I, this is. It's listen. It's real simple. People love to bet favorites. They love to bet like a team like this money line. Um, they love to bet the money line in their parlays, which I, I I'm not a money line parlay guy, but they love to do that. I uh, would lean Houston here. I see plus two to ones on money line. Um, yeah, especially with the points now. Now. It opened up seven just for a second, though, just for a hair Sunday night. It opened up seven, got hit right away, down to five. Um, if I have to pick, you know, you guys know I don't do a lot of sides, but I, I would stick to I, – I would like Houston here coming back home. Don't forget the first week, that big collapse they had. Even though they didn't lose the game, they didn't win the game versus the Colts. So um, then, then they then they went to Denver, I think, and kind of would stay within a touchdown. Had good defense, only allowed 16 points. Uh, I would think coming back home here, they'll be a little more prepared, uh, especially, like I said, for this banged-up Chargers staff. And I think this is a good opportunity for for Houston. Interesting stuff. Hey, be sure to check out the new-looking features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash-out feature. New users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. Okay, make sure you check us out Sundays. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, Bill Krakenberger. Breaking it down left and right. He just gave you a bunch of plays you can cash in on. We'll have even more for you on Sunday mornings. 
It'll be with me, Brian No, also our guy Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran, three hours before kickoff. So if you're thinking East Coast, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern time, that early kickoff time, three hours, get you all set for all the action with picks and previews. Check us out then.